This is a Soul Fire production. Welcome to Mother. No, it's Mother. Welcome to Mother, the show where we can explore our inner mothers to actualize our greatest selves through interviews with incredible guests, live coaching sessions, and my own experiences. We're going to dive deep into embracing feminine values and reparenting ourselves. So be prepared to show up, hold space, and be mothered in a way you never have before, but have always needed. It's time we rewrite the Mud Her Code. Well, Benny and I just met a moment ago, but she'll say it for herself, but we both had this immediate, like, I've known you forever, but how yes. do we know each other? <laughs> so first of all, welcome to the show, Benny. Thank you so much Thanks. for being here. This is Benny Dansby, and we're going to get into lots of stuff. So welcome, and thank you for being here. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. And um, welcome with me. Thank you. Oh, thank you. And it turns out that we have a mutual friend. I don't know, being calling. <laughs> calling. Yes, we have a mutual calling. And the person who trained me in breathwork 25 years ago, Jim Morningstar, is how I found out about Benny. Because she's like, how do you know about me? <laughs> and I said, well, I think we know about each other psychically and in lots of ways, but we were introduced through Jim Morningstar. So I want to name him because he's just a beautiful, phenomenal being. And, and both of you are in the forefront and forerunners of dynamic breathwork and, and brought breathwork really, you know, into being with the international breathwork institute. Is it Institute international internet, whatever, well, make breathwork. it official, yeah. <laughs> make it official. Okay. So as you can see, I'm like super excited, a little giddy about all of this, but also just hugely honored to have you, Penny. And I'm so excited for everyone, you know, that tunes into this show to find out about uh, the beautiful, amazing work you've been doing through your life, both personally and professionally. So I'm going to say a few things about that, then invite you to deepen that and, you know, let everybody know what it is that you're about, what it is you're doing. So Benny Dansby is this beautiful human and how she manifests in the world is as an inspiring teacher, a gifted breath worker, a therapist, a healer, author, philosopher. Uh, she's created a personal and professional development system called Source, Process, and Breathwork, which she's taught in England, Germany, Denmark, and Estonia for over 30 years. And Benny is known worldwide for her powering work in the area of ecstatic birth and ecstatic life. Her focus on empowering the divine feminine has taken form in gatherings like outrageous women, birth into being, and in training many women towards loving ecstatic birth. So pause, obviously, just from that, we can see why I might love Benny already. Okay. <laughs> so let me say a couple more things and then we'll go further. So mm -hmm. Benny's career spans fields, including art, design, performance, clinical hypnotherapy, psychology, the mother of two sons, which we will hear about. Um, and in 1975, she began the work working in the field of psycho spiritual process and breath work. She's been supporting birth since 1980 and supported the first water births in the USA. So she's also dedicated to transforming the quality of life through the acknowledgement of the effects of our source experience, conception, gestation, and birth on human consciousness and culture. I have goosebumps all over my body. Her work is deeply inspired by Tibetan Buddhism and the courts and miracles. So 
I know there's even more to say. It highlights some of your doing, but hopefully, you know, through that, we get the essence of your being, Benny. So if you wouldn't mind then kind of expanding on that, sharing, you know, from this, your journey, how did you get to be doing all this and, and the, this beautiful impact you're having on the world? And with women and people. Well, it certainly wasn't a plan <laughs> to put it that way. I had a talent for singing and I loved mm. to sing when I was a kid. And my parents, I'm deeply blessed. Mm. I was given professional voice lessons from the time I was like 13. And so consequently, I started learning about the breath. Mm. And about the fact that the breath supports sound and learn diaphragmatic breathing. Then the singing <laughs> evolved that I got a degree in art history and I went to Parsons School of Design and became a, a designer because that was the other thing that I dreamed about being and had, was privileged enough to get to study that and to make a living at that. And along the way, I got married, mm -hmm. uh, had two babies. The first one was a normal birth. I thought the doctor was going to do it for me and uh, got the best of everything. You know, the room overlooking the lake. I, I, I gave birth to both my boys in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Yeah. I had gone there to do a show once upon a mattress and <laughs> my friends all in New York really, really gave me a lot of, they made a lot of jokes about the fact that I went to do once upon a mattress and I came back to New York five years later with two babies. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That is funny. That is very funny. So anyway, that first birth was shocking. And uh, it was almost identical to my own birth, except that my own had forceps involved. And for my first son, it, forceps were not involved. But something quite significant happened for me. As we were literally leaving the hospital, I looked at his father sitting in the car. I will never forget. I know exactly the quality of the light and everything. And I said, there has got to be a better way to birth a baby. And if I don't find it, I'm not going to do this ever again. And it was with every fiber of my being, I wanted to breastfeed. I was breastfeeding. I wanted to know more and more about breastfeeding. And I joined the La Leche League. I found a La Leche League group. And I went there and there were four women who were talking about the fact that they had had painless births. Now, we're talking 19, my first birth was 1966, okay? It's a long time ago. <laughs> but anyway, they had all read Thank You, Dr. Lamaze by Erwin Shaben and had actually trained and had what they said were painless births. And I said, that's for me. So I became pregnant again and drove to Chicago from Milwaukee to train with a coach because I, I mean, I was serious. I trained for that birth like I was going to the Olympics mm -hmm. and I was in charge at that birth. I'd given my doctor, same doctor, same husband, <laughs> but I had given them all these things to read. 
So they kind of, well, my husband coached me, was wonderful. He was brilliant. And the doctor didn't even take off his sport jacket for a, quite a long time. He just hung out and watched while we were doing this effleurage and I was breathing and he was quite amazed. And the most beautiful thing for me was that when my, when my son presented and I saw him and I had an orgasm, I, I had an out of ordinary transcendent experience when he presented. And then he came. Can we to just pause at that moment? You know, where do we hear that? You know, and in our world, we're going to go into this more, Benny, but I just want to interrupt for a second. Like, and just thank you. Take a moment and have people like, I'm literally in tears. Like, I know this is possible, but you know, to hear you speak about it and it's not just like, oh, I think this might be possible. This is possible because I experienced it and you experience an ecstatic orgasmic birth. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Keep going. Yeah. All the conditions were right. And um, that you worked for and that I partnered, worked. you know, created and I think brought into being. Yeah. I co-created it. And, and the thing is, is that, you know, I deeply believe, and of course have developed a lot more since then and been guided by whatever guidance that there is. It's important to know that to me, that birth is a team sport. Yes, <laughs> totally agree. Every woman that I have reminded that her baby is with her during labor, you know, it's like you really, yeah, this is only happening to me. This is the, <laughs> all of this energy is coming through and I'm like terrified. You're doing it together. You're doing it together with another human being and and other human beings around you. And it's so important. I know I really am skipping ahead or whatever, but it's so important to know that your choice of who supports you, who's there for you when you give birth is exceedingly important. You're here because they're bringing energy. They're bringing their... Their, energy, their beliefs or not. And, and when this being comes in, that first breath is taking in all of that energy. That's yeah. big. Yeah. That's so, big, so this was a major thing on my journey. And when that baby was two, his father and I had a very messy divorce. We had moved back to New York City at that point, And I had to get a J-O-B and a wife. I said, yes. I need a wife. I've got to have you know, Anyway, so I found a fabulous nanny for my boys. And they were two and a half and four and a half at the time. And I went back into the fashion business and was working in that. Let's see, this was 72, 71, 72. And then... 1975, well, along the way, we discovered yoga, my boys and me, my, my little ones and me went to yoga class on a Saturday morning. And then I went every morning on my way to work. Yoga and pranayama saved my life. Mm. So that was another experience 
I was also taking professional voice lessons still, not in order to sing, I realized, but because of the breathing, because of making sound, it just filled me with, with love and energy. It was my therapy. Totally get that. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. Yep. My life has changed since I've started. It added to, you know, my continuous growth. And this was like five years ago, you know, I started taking voice lessons for speaking, you know, for really? to help in my oh, speaking wonderful. because I can't sing. So it wasn't, you know, for that regard necessarily, but everything you're saying, I just want to underline and resonate too, so because you it's, understand what I'm speaking about. I do understand. And, you know, and finding pleasure. So as you're talking about finding pleasure in these things, and that hadn't been a pleasurable experience for me, my voice, I didn't consider pleasurable. And he said, what, what other reason is there to have it? other than, you know, to find pleasure in it. So I'm a big proponent. Uh, we'll add that to the repertoire of things well, to someone, that someone, open us and support us, right? Someone said one time that we are solidified sound. And I don't know why that just, <laughs> wow, you know, it's wonderful. Yeah. Um, so yoga mm -hmm. and pranayama. And then I met Leonard Orr. Oh. I decided to be Rolfed yeah. and in 1975 and I went and my Rolfer had met Leonard or at, at uh, Ida Rolf's gathering of Rolfers and he invited me to come to his apartment on Central Park West and meet this man. He was going to talk about the spiritual aspects of money and abundance. And so I went along and there were, I think, six or eight of us in the living room. And along the way, at one point, he said, this group that lives in my house in California, we are breathing with snorkels and nose clips in the hot tub in the basement. And I think that we're remembering our births. And he said, you know, Frederick Laboye just came out with this book, Birth Without Violence. Mm -hmm. And he said, birth does affect us. Gertrude, I, I had an explosion. It was like a, a, a fist in my solar plexus. Well, I think about it now and I get a chill. That literally threw me off the end of the sofa. It was so much energy. Wow. It was also extremely embarrassing. Yeah. I when you're sitting, you know, around in New York City in 1975. Yes, salon, uh, so to speak, of, you know. Um, there I was on the floor. And so at the break, uh, I didn't like him very much. He kept sighing. He'd go, oh, every once now, in a while. Now, let me clarify. Is this Leonard Orr or the person, you're Rol the person who was Leonard rolfing you? Orr. Leonard okay. Orr. Okay, wow. Yes, the the one and only. The Leonard. one and only. Well, and just say a moment, like who Leonard Orr is. You and I know who Leonard that is. Leonard Orr is, is the father of modern rebirthing breathwork. Yeah. Rebirthing breathwork. Yes. As differentiated from other forms of breathwork, but the conscious connected breathing. So I went to him at the break and I said, can you do one of those sessions in a deep, in a sunken jacuzzi bathtub. He said, sure, you know. And I said, I want one. I have to have one. And he said, well, I'm going to Boston tomorrow. I'll be back in a few days and I'll give you one. <laughs> okay. So that's what happened. 
about three days later, I was the first person in New York City to have a rebirthing session. Oh my gosh, Benny, this is, I had no idea. Wow. Yep. So shall I tell you about it? Please, if you don't mind. <laughs> yeah. I'd love to hear it. Well, we read this passage from Le Boyer, and it was Leonard and the woman, Ilana Linz, who was traveling with him, and my lover, whose house it was, and his ex-wife, who was a friend of mine. <laughs> I mean, this is definitely a 60s, 70s story, but anyway. Perfect. And one of his twin sons, who was 19. They all just wanted to see what was going to happen, right? And, see you at an uh, audience for your... Me for too, right? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. My mother, my, my first son was born in a teaching hospital and he was surrounded by nurses. You know, my mother said, you always do everything in public. <laughs> but anyway, we read this passage from Le Boyer and it was this little passage that starts out, this is birth, the torture of an innocent. And it goes on, you know, how could we possibly imagine that it doesn't have an impact? Mm. After, you know, he's, it's, it's a beautiful tone poem, the whole thing. And, you know, he's explained all the things that happened and happen. And so we read that. Now, I was naked in front of these people. I had a snorkel and nose clips for the very first time. So I was, I was shaking when I yeah. went into the, into the tub. And I thought it was because I was naked and had this snorkel and nose clip. It didn't take long they reported, you know, I was just, he had just said, connect your breath, keep the inhale and the exhale connected. So I did. I had never used a snorkel and nose clips before. So anyway, I very quickly dropped into a non-ordinary state. Mm -hmm. And the next thing I was aware of, and the report was that I almost levitated out of the tub I was sobbing. I was curled up in Alana Lintz's lap. She was sitting cross-legged on, you know, the, the edge of the tub. And I was curled up in her lap, sobbing and saying the words, I didn't mean to do it. I didn't mean to do it. I didn't mean to do it. And as I came to conscious awareness, I realized it was my guilt, my feelings about having hurt my mother. Wow. And I was truly shocked. Yes. Truly shocked. Now, we surmised that because of my earlier, my birth experience, you know, the experience of giving birth in both of those instances, both times that were so dramatic and so profoundly deep experiences for me, that that's why I went, you know, I could go that deep that quickly. Because it doesn't happen for everyone. No, no, absolutely. Um, but let's well, Jim Morningstar would say every breathwork experience is exactly what it should be and it's perfect. And there's no wrong. There's no wrong, right? But what you're describing is, you know, the possibility when you're connected and you've been doing deep work and you know, you're more open to allow the space, but whatever wherever you are in the continuum of that experience, yeah. it's profound. Always. Mm -hmm. So that fundamentally, you know, shifted me. I wanted to, I wanted to do more of this. And of course it was an experiment. We didn't even know it was about the breath, darling. Oh. He thought it was about the hot water. 
Oh, and being like in the womb, right? Yeah. 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 We literally, you know, it's not a, oh, it's about breathing, you know, at that point. But so I continued to um, experiment with it and work with it. He gave a talk right after that. And we, <laughs> I got a couple of my friends come and then we would do, you know, we would practice this thing and, you know, dab tetany and do all, I mean, it was, it was crazy. But one of my sessions, I had quite a few quite profound guided sessions, sessions that, you know, really true guidance came through. And one of them was, I have to take this to pregnant women. I came up out of the water and the woman who was sitting with me looked at me and I said, I have to take this to pregnant women. I said, the way I feel right now in my body, Mm. all of the energy that's moving, I said, it's exactly the way I felt in my first birth experience. Mm. And it terrified me. And I said, if a woman could feel this, just a fraction of this energy and learn how to work with it with the breath she would have a much easier time. That was all. And she said to me, that's nice. Go back, keep breathing. (laughs) (laughs) Nice, right? And one of the most profound, you know, guidances I'd ever received, right? And she's like, okay, keep going. Keep going, which I did. And actually five years later, I was four years later, actually, I had left the fashion business, quite a good job. Mm. Um, I had moved to California and I met the couple who had the first water birth. So that you already had it or were you with them before it? I was with, we, we prepared together. Prepared and did it. Because we had seen a picture of Igor Tchaikovsky, Igor Tchaikovsky birth, a Russian birth in the national Enquirer. I mean, I saw it in the supermarket. And I went, I had another one of those punch in the belly experiences. I said, aha, that could be the way. And they had seen the same thing. They were doing couple therapy with me at okay. the time. And I had a hot tub and a pool and on the side of the mountain in San Diego. And so we prepared together. Mm. Wanting to have this baby not have to go through what we had been through and have to heal what we had been working to heal. And he did. I think he had a very beautiful, very beautiful birth. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Water actually for 20 minutes. Mm. We did so much research. We did so much, oh God, and trying to get, I, there was a very holistic medical doctor that I went to see to see if he would like to come to the birth. We were looking for a midwife, a, you know. Yeah. And I told him what we were doing. And he said, Benny, the baby will drown. And I said his name and the baby's in water right now. Even me, I have a degree in design and art history. And I know <laughs> that the baby's in water. If the cord isn't cut, He's still receiving oxygen and nutrients. Oh, he said, no, I'm not having anything to do with this. <laughs> oh. Anyway, we had a lovely group of breather people who did breath work and a massage therapist. And there was a young midwife who 
said yes, she would come. Good. But the darling had to be taken over to the side and given a breath session because she she started hyperventilating. Oh, no. With breathing and, you know, oh. it was just beautiful. The whole thing was truly beautiful. You were all collectively in it, which is what I'm hearing, right? His father's hands, yeah. Mm. I mean, this is so beautiful. And I, I, as I was reading and, you know, hearing about your birth that you talked about at the beginning. So to share, I'm going to share a little bit about myself, like, and, and what's coming up for me on this, but there was a sadness, you know, it's like, I got close, you know, to that. And I had like some of that, but the thing I want to underline, I think for both of us is we, I mean, I was, you know, raised in a medical Western medical model. I was totally headed towards like when after I got married, when, when it was going to be time, we knew we wanted to have kids, you know, to have the, my birth at the best hospital in Chicago. And, you know, <laughs> that, that was like how I would do it. And I'm so fortunate, like so grateful that my boss at the time, and this is before I'm pregnant, this is like several years before we're even thinking about really having a baby. He had both of his children at home and I, I wow. had never heard of anything like this. Right. And didn't even know that like was possible, but something, it just felt yeah, right. Right. It just, oh. I know. I mean, I'm forever, forever grateful for him for many levels. Cause he's the one that also got my husband and I to do premarital counseling. And, you know, he was my angel putting me on the path really, and putting us on the path. So, you know, I have much to thank him for, but the fact that they had done it, and just, just the things he talked about, like, oh, you control your environment. You know, you get to eat if you want to eat, <laughs> you get to have the lights on or off. You get, you know, there were these atmospheric things that weren't like, you know, the technical or like the, you know, the big things, but it's like, no, you know, the things that support you. Yes. Yes. And I was fortunate to find, you know, an incredible midwife practice here in Chicago that was doing home birth. And, you know, we, and we studied, we looked at the options. We, you know, we didn't just, Hey, this sounds good. Like, let's do it. You know, we met with midwives in a hospital, but I'll tell you the minute we went to the home that they kind of worked out of, and it was so empowering. It was, you know, putting birth into my hands, which was scary, right? Like with your first one, like, just tell me what to do. Like, I, I, Darling, don't, you know, we don't what, think we know what, you know, is your own birth, right? That's what, you know, at that point, that's why I, my birth is totally different than uh, most people's. <laughs> yeah. So, so I, I, you know, I had been doing growth work for five years, but I decided we did decide to have the home birth. And I remember the resistance, you know, from people like, oh. Oh, you know, yeah. and that's something I want to hear from you more as you've been on this journey over the years and, you know, how, you know, where it's been received and what the, the challenges are to, you know, fight a culture and, and system that's been in place now for so long. But, you know, I'd have friends say like, well, so do they bring the drugs to your house? <laughs> the point is I want to be conscious for my birth. I, and one of the reasons having it at home was so I hadn't gotten to the, I, I thought this pain-free birth could be possible, but I wasn't working toward that. Like I hadn't quite grasped that fully, right. but I knew I wanted to experience whatever it was like for me, that was it. Like, you know, if it was the pain, it's the pain and I'm going to embrace it. I'm going to be in it as fully as I can. And as consciously as I can. And, and I'm going to say this to you, and this isn't something I've researched heavily. It's just a feeling I have, you know, as a woman who's birthed and given birth is, I don't care what people say. If you know, 
painkillers do reach the baby, right? Like there's an impact and they're not hard. I don't, I'm not even going to say harmful. I'm not worried about the harm, but the energy and the, you know, the, the dimming and then just kind of psychologically, like, I think that gets passed, right? Like I'm not enough. Like I can't do this now. I'm saying all this and I'm going to disclaimer, like I love Western medicine for where it does its magic and its intervention and it, the beautiful way that, you know, it can support us in an emergency, but birth itself isn't in an emergency, you know, birth is a natural process and we just need to help it along. And then if there's problems, thank God we have such great technology, but it's not supposed to be the birth, right? So but the closest I think I got, I mean, I do remember at one point in the lab, in my labor with my first daughter, okay, like the pain-free thing, like definitely not happening, um, <laughs> but I'm going to carry on <laughs> maybe my next birth, but it hurt, you know, but it was still beautiful. Like the pain was beautiful. Like that wasn't even the problem. Right. And what I got to work through and, and I don't think I could say it was, you know, the level of orgasmic, but was it? a profound, powerful experience when she emerged a hundred percent. Like I literally like sat there for a moment and said, I, I feel like a goddess. Like I just, I'll do it again right now. Like I just went through this. Hey, I'll, I'll do it right this second again. And I'm saying all this and, you know, want to keep underlining your experience because women need to know that we need to know this is available because our culture has so taken over. Right. Yeah. Hi, I'm so excited to share with you my 2024 Spring Equinox Self-Mothering Retreat that's happening this March, 2024. And I would love for you not only to consider it, but to attend. But in considering it, hey, just knowing that you would be leaving cold weather, if that's the space that you're in and coming down to just magnificently beautiful, warm, nourishing place of Zihuatanejo, Mexico, Zihuatanejo, meaning land of the goddess women, and coming to really take time for yourself, okay? And that I am learning more and more isn't just a nice thing to do or something extravagant or something selfish. It's essential. And I really want you to take it seriously to consider, you know, just think about what would it take for me to go? It's a five and a half day retreat getting from where you are, getting there, landing there, and then being in a space that is all about you. It's all about nourishing you. It's all about tuning into you, using everything around us, the nature, the food, the beautiful people, the rituals, ceremonies. I bring it, you know, we really bring it. And we go deeper and deeper as the days go on and we release, we let go, we bring in what is nourishing, what is empowering, what is that space of just really divine feminine energy. And we do it in the community of women. It's not for everyone. I will be honest, you know, if the idea of leaving and not making it work or it's just too hard, not for you. If the idea of, you know, spending that amount of time inwardly focused and going to that level of self-awareness doesn't sound like something you're willing to do or put the time and energy into, then it's not for you. And it's good to know that, right? So this is for people who are serious about what it means to mother themselves, what it means to take time for ourselves and that gift and what that gift can bring to us. It was originally right after my fall retreat, it filled right up. 
But now some people, it turns out, are not able to come. So I do have a handful of openings. And if you're listening to this and you're willing to take that step, please reach out to me. We can do a discovery call or you can put a deposit down. I would love that. And you can do that by going to my website, www.drgertrudelyons.com. Go to events and there you go. It'll all be there. There's a beautiful page there for you to explore. I look forward to hearing from you and then seeing you on my spring retreat. It's, yeah, please go ahead. It is no, it's a possibility. We need, unless you conceive the possibility of an ecstatic birth, it, unless you conceive anything, you're not going to materialize it. It's right. really, you know, at some level, in some place, you conceived whatever is happening to you and you have given it energy, whether conscious or unconscious. That's the creative process. And the thing is, is that what I've learned from birth, I worked with birth and birthing women, also creatives and many other people as well along over those years, but for eight years before I started teaching. And my, interestingly enough, because I've taught three-year trainings in England and Germany and Denmark and Estonia since 1988 and until about three years ago when I kind of, you know, I still go to those countries and I still have communities that I've created, but the trainings haven't been happening, although I've been being encouraged to do another practitioner training. They're all based on what I learned from birth and the encouraging the healing of your own birth, the source experience, one co- a colleague and I have written a book called The Creation Code, revealing and healing the impact of your source experience. And that source experience is the first breath, is also the time in the womb, yes. But when we take our first breath and the way a woman births her baby, the thought forms, the consciousness around that birth is most important. Mm-hmm. Who we are is consciousness that co-creates. We live in a unified field of consciousness. And what we do to our babies, we fragment them. How could we possibly conceive of a unified field? I mean, it's some, you know, people talk about the unified field. It's like when, when Einstein started talking about the unified field, People thought he was crazy, you know, it's like that. And he, he never could figure out the formula, right? The mathematics or the physics or whatever around it. You know, instead of that being a given, instead of we are all connected, mm-hmm. being a given, these fragmented beings from these crazy, painful, explosive births, have to come back. I mean, the spiritual path is literally the path to unification, mm-hmm. coming home to yourself. Mm-hmm. No one at my birth said, oh, we're all so glad you're here. No one said, no matter what's happening around here, you are loved and supported. 
an individuated being. Nope, they didn't tell me that. I had to- <laughs> we, we had a lifetime of work to get back to that. I had right? to find to- the divinity in me. Yes. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Oh, this is so beautiful, Vinny, but so true, right? And so I want to talk some about the cultural myths, you know, surround cultural, I'm going to call them myths, but the paradigm that we've set up and, you know, I'm not going to go into necessarily why, but, you know, why is it challenging for women? Because I'm sure when you said that at the beginning of the program that I had an orgasm as I gave birth, that there's a significant amount of people like, yeah, right. You know, what what, what drugs was she on? Like, give me those drugs. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, or that could happen for her for blah, blah, blah. That, you know, because it's so challenging to think out of our normal paradigm. And I think, you know, I want to hear kind of what that work has been like for you, or if there's what the major resistance is. And not that I want to focus on that because we want to go where the light is and where people are attracted. It's important. We've been carefully taught that it's going to be painful. It, it says so in the Bible. That's what I was going to say. It's like uh, written by men, mm-hmm. um, and and uh, that you know, as soon as I think that the matriarchal thinking shifted to patriarchal, and the and the men wanted to take over, it was um, you know, women. Birth has been managed. Oh, I never put that together. That's a great seventeen hundreds. You know. Mm-hmm. Women started going into moving into cities, going then to hospitals yep. to give birth. Oh, it, it's been, you know, it's all been managed by men. Mm-hmm. So we, over the last, I think, 50 years, women have begun to take back birth. But we learn, you know, we're influenced by five generations. And I'm deeply grateful. Wow to my, well, my grandmother, my sweet, sweet, my mother's mother cried, literally cried most of the day when I got my first period, my first menses, because it was, you know, it was going to be painful to have give birth, right? I, I didn't pay much attention because my mother, my, and my mother had, I was her first baby, she was completely knocked out. She was not present for my birth. <laughs> they did a protocol that was, I think it was started by Dr. Lee in the 1920s, but they were still doing it in 1940. I was born in the end of 1939. And I'm going to be 83 in November. Yay, congratulations. <laughs> yes. Happy birthday. So the protocol was you knock her out with ether, you give her an episiotomy and you pull the baby out with forceps. Oh God. Oh. Isn't that? Yes. That, I mean, uh, you know, that's what you do. This Dr. Lee said, this is what you do. And this is what they did in the hospital in um, Bryan, Texas in uh, 1939. Yes. So <laughs> give me a breath. Right. Like, what? <laughs> find out what's right for you, darling. <laughs> Not anybody else. And, you know, although my mother allowed that to happen, she was also a very independent thinker. She was a Mm. feminist. And I was encouraged by both of my parents to be all that I could be. Mm. 
God. Um, so what a gift. It and and you know, I, and I think you know, I credit my father almost as much as I do my mother because he just wanted me to learn to think. Mm. That was his whole, I mean, you know, he just said, that's why you go to university. That's why, <laughs> that's what yeah. education is for. So you can learn to think for yourself. So, you know, when I, I didn't think about birth, I have to say. Yeah. Birth was not something I thought I was going to do. I thought, you know, maybe, but it was not on my radar at all. I wasn't, I, I wasn't a little girl. I never played with, I play, I didn't play with my dolls. I had beautiful dolls and I dressed them. <laughs> designed their clothes yeah. and made I, their clothes. Designed, exactly. But I, I wasn't a mommy <laughs> kind of little girl. And I'm, and I, I am a mother. I encourage, I want I want to share with you something that uh, I found when I was reading about your podcast. And this is Saradarian. It's a, a name I, I have very diff I, I don't know if I'm even pronouncing it correctly as the author, but he wrote a book called Woman, The Torch of the Future. I have not heard of this book. Well, my dear, he said, it is not necessary for a woman to have a child to be or feel oh. as a mother. Motherhood is not a biological function. Motherhood is a psychological, spiritual function. Motherhood is the power to present right conditions, to make virtues grow, to cause great works to be accomplished to make creativity bloom, and to make the race of man survive in progressive unfoldment and beauty. And I see that as my mission, actually. In the heart of every woman, one can see a mother. She may be a woman who gave birth to a mighty movement or inspired great men to perform heroic deeds, or she herself may have performed heroic acts, but she is always the mother of art and beauty. I'm blown away. What a gift for you to find that. I've seen like that summarized as a quote. Literally, I'm in tears. <laughs> yeah, I've had the book for many years and uh, it's going to get right now, but I've, <laughs> I found it in my writings because I, I, I was searching in my computer for it because I wanted you to have that. I thought, well, that is just a ginormous gift. And thank you for offering it. And, you know, these things that you feel and know to be true, but it doesn't, you know, to get the validation and like, okay, no, like th this is right. a deep truth, right? And why, you know, where I've come on my journey is, you know, to support us as women to empower this mother energy, right? And that it isn't, I mean, it's kind of like, yeah, we can do children. Sure. And it's amazing. It's a miracle. It's amazing, you know, pretty profound that we can grow a baby in us, but that's just, it's kind of the tip of the iceberg. Right. And I think that's Thank you. what, you know, he's underlining what we're about, what we want, you know, shouted from the rooftops. One of my teachers, Omram Mikael Ivanhoff gave a speech in 1939 about <laughs> what he called spiritual galvanoplasty. He said, that's like uh, 
gold plating or silver plating mm. on metal, that that's what's happening to the baby. And it's not, it, consciousness and the consciousness of the mother is imprinted, is, is in every cell of our bodies. So absolutely, you know, that is the way we see in nature. We see the creative process at work. You conceive, you give it energy, and you have a baby. Or you conceive of dinner, you go and do the shopping, give it energy, and you have dinner. It works beautiful in every way. And that's yes. what my training has been all about. Not necessarily, although I've had lots and lots of pregnant women, lots and lots of doctors and midwives in my trainings, but also lawyers and secretaries and you know people from all walks of life. Well, and I wanted to bridge that and name, you know, that yes, one of the things you're known for is ecstatic birth and and that, but it's ecstatic life, you know, is your is and the source training that is how you bring it, you know, to everyone because it's for everyone, you know, and, and all the levels, you know, that we're talking about, I'm going to ask you one question and then we're going to find out how people can be in contact with you or learn more about you. And all of that will be in the show notes, of course. And then I'm going to have one more question after that. So I think you're, <laughs> I think that, that's the summary. I think you're naming it, but you know, what, what would be a few things you would say about the implications? Cause I, I think it's clear and, you know, we've been sharing our experiences and how personally profound, you know, this journey has been in this arena, but it has implications beyond us and implications, you know, for women, but also the world and what is happening in our world. And I just would love to hear you say a couple of things about the broader, you know, bigger implications of what we're talking about here. When we birth our babies into violence, and in fact, in the late 60s, Prescott at uh, the National Institute of Science, he was head of child development, and he did a, uh, they, they did research, and he came out with this paper in the late 1960s, darling, that said the origins of violence are right there in the delivery room. Did anybody listen? I don't think so. Well, a lot of people did. Joseph Chilton Pierce is where I heard the, the quote. Yeah. But, well, I, you know, I could show pictures, but I mean, you know, babies pulled up and, and, and terrified. It's not safe to be in a body. And we separate. That separation is, um, I think it's a heinous crime, personally. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Cutting the cord before the baby is just, you know, startle to take a breath. <gasps> Lungs fly open, valves in the heart change, open some close so that the flow of blood changes in the body. And then all the major organs have to come online because none of them have been active. And it's all happening in this tiny body. And the explosion happens in the high chest. So we shatter the heart chakra, literally. So I'm not I, having a body, holy gamoli, this is not safe. And this place is not safe. And there's no one here for me. You know, you're over there and, you know, they take the baby and put it on a cold thing and start checking it to see if it's, see what's wrong. It's okay. I mean, really, you know, uh, so we decide it's not safe. Mm-hmm. 
And then that resonates out to birth is not safe. People are terrified of their bodies. Yeah. And the reason that women continue to perpetuate this is that they're terrified it's going to hurt. Women go to birth preparation. I, I realize this is a general thing to say, but I'm telling you on, on even you know a deeply unconscious level, women go to birth preparation class to learn how to make it not hurt. Yeah. Which means they think it's going to hurt and thought creates result in the physical universe. This is conceive energy result, right? So we decide it's not safe and there's no one here for me. Not enough for me because we're all set up to suckle, but they they don't let us do that immediately. Anyway, and so that I think is the basis of greed addiction not enough for me not enough right. i mean all i'm not safe want, and i'm not enough and all we want is mother yeah. all we want is to get back to the womb but it's the outer womb you know it's like the tit the breast is exactly the right length uh, right place for the umbilical cord to come right up a mother to have the baby we hold our babies it's like the pouch we, you know, somebody suggested at what, a conference one time, this wonderful scientist, I think he was in Germany, I can't remember. Anyway, he said, man is a marsupial, that we don't have to have a pouch because we have arms to hold yeah. our hands right next, right next to the food supply. Yeah. Pouch, babies are, you know, kangaroos are born into the pouch, possums, and where the tits are, you know, so they can just latch on. Mm-hmm. We don't do that, and I think it would be good if we did. I but we too. also then we set up. I mean, this is very quick because I realize yeah. I could go on about. Yeah, oh I we're, well, we're we're gonna have more times together, believe me. <laughs> but in that terrifying experience, yeah. we set up a sympathetic nervous system baseline, fight or flight cortisol, dopamine, and and that whole sympathetic system is actually for performance. It's so that we can run like hell if a saber-toothed tiger comes in or play dead, but it's not supposed to be our baseline nervous system. The parasympathetic with the, you know, the oxytocin and, you know, and that's what happens when you bring a baby skin to skin mm-hmm. and let it crawl up to the breast or bring it to the breast and say, I love you. And I'm so glad you're here. I mean, how many people welcome literally look into the eyes of a newborn and say, thank you for being here with me. Mm-hmm. Isn't That's that what, what we most yearn for and what we hunger for? And then we like try and get that. And all the ways you said that you know, from this fear-based place, it, it's not going to happen, right? We're, we're just yearning for, as you said, mother, you know, and the mother that's and welcoming mother, and enfolding. You know, mother is the other, you know, you play with the word mother and I just love that. And, and, and I, and I do, I do with you think the other mother. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, I love it. Oh my gosh, Benny. Well, as yes, as you mentioned, 
and I said this even before we got, before we started recording, like, I, I know we're going to try and squeeze as much in as we can at this time, but I hope that you'll come back and we have a lot more to talk about, but how in the meantime, of course, it'll be in the show notes, but can you name a couple of ways that people can find out more about you, you know, locate you? And oh, I have a website and that'll be, it's binnyadansby.com. <laughs> Beautiful. And it's, it's truly open source. I mean, every, there's a lot on the website yeah. and that takes you to a YouTube channel that has a lot of videos and there will be more because we're going to start doing more that. And if you sign up for my newsletter, you know, which you, I strongly encourage, uh, it doesn't happen on a regular basis, that newsletter, but, it, but you also have then access to all the old ones. And, and there's a lot of writing in there. And you get, you receive the morning prayer, which is a, a beautiful, it's daily affirmations that, you know, this is a bright and beautiful day. Mm-hmm. I am safe and acceptable in this day. So you get that with music. <laughs> it's quite nice. And um, that's what we, you know, we need to fill our space with those messages. And I'm so grateful that you're recording them, making them available, whether it's reading, hearing your voice, you have, have such a beautiful, a soothing voice on my, on the website that are really good deepening mm-hmm. meditations. Oh no, I listened to some, I've experienced some of them and they were beautiful. Oh, good. Really. Oh yeah. And, uh, yeah, I downloaded some, I whole, there's another place that you can get them anyway. Go to your website. You'll find everything. And we love it. And from there, you can get in touch with me. uh, Exactly. If you want to do that, I'm open (laughs) to all possibilities. I'm so excited. Yeah. You reside in England now, right? Is that? Yeah. Okay, good. So physically, that's where you are. But luckily, we're, you know, all connected in so many ways and and can. I'm in London right now, but I actually (laughs) live in Oxford. I'm at friends' house. Okay. In fact, I was going to say to you that I am in the home of one of the wonder- most wonderful mothers that I know, and it happens to be a man. <laughs> oh, I love that. Yes. Oh, that's yeah. so beautiful. Okay. Final question is kind of the way I've encompassed what I'm doing is with the words rewriting the mother code. And right. when you hear rewrite the mother code, what does that mean to you? I think what I read to you yeah. is what it means to me. Me too. Um, the mother, in 1980, my friend, darling, beloved friend, Linda Thistle, who's no longer with us, and I did a workshop. Well, we called it a gathering called Outrageous Woman. Mm. And the focus of attention was, of course, a miracle says you never have to look for love because that is who you are. You do have to seek for the blocks that you've built to your own loving. And we focused on that. And our definition, we wrote a long definition of an outrageous woman. But the main one is an outrageous woman is a woman who uses the energy of her rage Mm -hmm. to create miracles. I think changing the mother code is changing our, is choosing literally choosing to acknowledge our power and our grace and to use it for, for love, for good. That's so beautiful. Thank you. 
Thank you for the gift of today. I, I'm so excited to share you with my I'm audience, so with everyone. You, darling. You <laughs> just a vibrant light. <laughs> thank you. Well, I do feel, well, and I want to thank you for pioneering, you know, and bringing, you know, this space back to the forefront. And I, when I said we haven't met physically, <laughs> like I do feel like I've been guided by you even without no, you know, physically so. knowing yeah. you. I really am. And I'm so, so grateful. So we'll close here, but look forward to more. And thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much for choosing yourself and taking the time to listen to this podcast. As always, please rate, review, and subscribe to Mother. Wait, no, subscribe to Mother Her. It helps other people who need this message, aka all women, well, actually everybody, men included. I'm honored to have you on this journey in mothering yourself. Remember, change is uncomfortable, but it's beautiful and it starts with us. And if you can't wait until next week's episode, follow me on Instagram and LinkedIn at Dr. Gertrude Lyons or at my website, drgertrudelyons.com. I'll see you next time.